Hi, welcome to Revenue Marketing Television, the CMO Insight Series. I am your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. Today, as our guest, we have Allison Murdoch, who is Chief Marketing Officer at Social Chorus. Allison, welcome to the show. Hey, Jeff. Nice to meet you and great to be here. Yeah, thrilled to have you. So Social Chorus, great name. Tell us a little bit about it. Yes, Social Chorus is a work force communications platform, and we serve internal communicators, typically at very large companies. So believe it or not, we as marketers say, well, there must be a platform to reach every worker. Well, there really isn't. So communicators, I like to say it's the last remaining group in the enterprise that does not have a purposeful platform, and that's what we do. We help them reach every worker, whether they're on the factory floor, or on a job site, or at sitting at their desk through um, mobile, uh, branded mobile app, but also um, a lot of uh, technology integrations that you know serve the uh, person who reads newsletters or the person who just watches video at their desktop. Nice. So I'll be devil's advocate for a minute, right? I'm the the head of HR or CFO, and I say, so what? We already have email. Uh, we have everyone's phone numbers. I can I can reach everybody on my team if I want to. Well, here's the thing. Um, you can say that, but we all know what newsletter click-through rates are like. In fact, we have some customers, um, uh, Erica Lockhart at Vodafone, that said, you know, we just looked at our newsletter response and we just said nobody's reading it. We turned it off. We started using social chorus. So the reality is most people are reading news on their phones, but it's more than that. You know, sometimes they don't want to. Sometimes they can't, actually. Um, so there are other means of communications. What, but what's really hard for the communicator is publishing in one place and distributing the information in a very efficient manner. That's the problem we're solving. It's more than just an app to get to people and have them read in a mobile um, environment. It's really about making life easier for the communicator so they can plan, create, publish, and measure the impact of their communications. And so as you go to market, what are some of your biggest challenges? Well, I think some of the major challenges just in macro are that um, you know organizations are going through digital transformation right now. What, what does that mean? It can mean so many things. If you're if you were a manufacturing company, it could be the introduction of IoT into your data set. set. Um, if you are um, you know a hospital, it could be getting off paper and onto digital means. Um, but really at the heart of that is communications. Um, and because if your employees don't understand why you're introducing new technology or, you know, what, why do they suddenly have to, to comply with some, some communication that comes out to them and says, okay, this is, you know, this is a safety compliance. This is a regulation. You need to do this right now. They don't understand that you're going to have a really hard time digitally transforming. So one of the challenges that we in this space face is educating leadership um, about um, communications being the fundamental piece of their initiative. Um, and there are a lot of trends that back this up. You know, there's a emerging workforce, the Gen Zs and the millennials of the world who don't want email. They want it on mobile. Um, there are also, there's the whole gig economy. Um, there's a lot of research out there that shows um, that enterprises are now, you know, even though they have many full-time workers, um, contractors and gig workers are, they need to communicate. So I think, you know, educating our market is one of the biggest challenges as a smaller company. And I come from the startup world. 
that we face. So we, we have to do that in, in several ways, um, which we can talk about in a second if you would like to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great lead in. So why don't you tell us about that? How are you doing it? Well, you know, when, you, when you're when you at a, a company our stage, there's so many things you can do in, in marketing. And I like to boil it down to two initiatives. And it's the top of the funnel and the bottom of the funnel, really. I mean, let's just, you know, being technical about it. But at the top of the funnel, it's raising awareness um, that there is a problem and that things need to change. So from a leadership standpoint, um, you know, pointing out some of the trends that are impacting um could be impacting their enterprise, um, and we we attack that problem through, you know, the um, initiatives like PR, um, content marketing, um, even interviews like like we're doing right now. Just letting people know, hey, this is something to think about. This is a major change that will be, you know, affecting companies um, of all sizes, but really the big ones, the brand names we all know. Um, the bottom of the funnel, it's um, a very, it's the, you know, I hate to kind of keep talking about account-based marketing because everybody's talking about it and you'll see when you I, we talk. Gosh, I've, uh, I've never heard that term before. Account-based marketing? I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Target accounts, people. Yeah. No, it, it really is um, looking, you know, very, uh, diving into these specific accounts, specific people who have pain, um, who need those pain points solved and telling them what is possible. In the, what, as a marketer, we all know about automation. We know about campaigns and the cadence and that there's no magic bullet and you have to do it in 10 different ways. Our communicators, they're, they're amazing. They're, they're externalists, they're PR people, but they don't know a lot necessarily about campaigns and about sending how you could send different messages to the same group of people to drive an action. And that's what we're working on. So we have to spend a lot of time investing an investment um, in training them and educating them and showing them what's possible um, technologically in, and, and metrics and so forth, things that they maybe haven't been exposed to. So our go market, really, if you want to kind of summarize it, is um, raising awareness there's a problem and then from the bottom up, bottom up uh, grassroots way, letting people know what's possible. Okay. So because you're, you're on the smaller side, what does your team look like? I mean, what, what kind of skills are you uh, recruiting for? And then how are you assembling your team to get the job done? Um, great question. So, so when I arrived at Social Chorus, you know, it, it was, um, we have the most amazing sales team I've ever seen in my career. Um, they're quite large. There's, it's about five to one sales to marketing, um, which can be challenging, but um, just super amazing people, well-trained, proactive, and ready to, you know, ready to get out there in the field and, and talk about what we do. Um, and so we have to keep up with them. So in order to, to build the team, we, you know, I picked three anchor pieces, product marketing, content marketing and demand gen. Um, and then from there, we um, have some other people who work with us, but some are contractors, some are employees. Um, the reason why I made those choices, obviously demand gen, that's our engine to get um, many communications out the door to our customers, to our prospects. Um, content, you well, you know, uh, if you don't have anything to put in your email, it gets a little empty. So we are using many formats of content. We're really just getting rolling on that, but everything from uh, you know, guides and you know, your typical sort of B2B marketing content um, to more creative things like interviews, like what you're doing right now, um, as well as um, some interactive graphics, so forth. So more to come on that. Um, and then product marketing, um, we have a 
again, a, a product that is um, not super complex, but has some complexity that um, are, we need to educate our customers about. So, so those are our big three investments at the moment. We also have uh, a PR team. Um, I, I know a lot of uh, B2B marketers kind of frown on PR. It's not trackable. Um, I personally had um, a great success with PR. I think you need to know how to leverage PR, how to how to feed the beast uh, with content and ideas. You have to put the time in, but it can really work from an awareness standpoint and a credibility standpoint, especially if you can get your customers to talk to reporters with you. Oh, that's great. So from a process standpoint, what are some of the things that you're putting in uh, to help you scale as you move forward? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Cause I think when you're in a small company, you have to make, you have to think about it like a business, right? You have to think about it like I'm mobilizing a small army. I mean, sometimes I feel that way. And so you have to make hard choices. Um, and so I, I think about process as part strategy uh, and part um, relentless execution with um, a very high level um, of quality if we can do it. It's always hard for startups because you never have enough time and you never have enough resources. Um, however, um, if you focus on the right stuff, you can do a great job. You might have terrible, you might have some failures and you might have wonderful wins. Um, so I think about when I came into this in terms to, in terms of establishing process and how we were going to build this department. Um, <clears throat> I believe in, you know, I, I committed quite a bit of time to assessing our landscape and really understanding our competition, but also where our leverage points were. Um, and I think when you're, when you work for a startup, you have to do that very, very quickly. You, you know, I kind of call it, the startup world is like dog years. You know, one week is seven weeks at any other company. So you have to think quickly and you have to make some, some quick bets. Um, and you might be wrong, but you've got to make decisions quickly. Um, the other thing is, you know, establishing what is your point of view in the market? How are you different from those competitors? Um, that was very interesting here um, because this company's been around for a little while. Um, it's smaller, but it's been around for a while. And the point of view we had was, wasn't wrong. It's just that we were pushing the right buttons. So we, we, within two weeks, I made a fairly major shift um, to focus more on our customers and their pain versus um, the end user that we were serving, that employee. We still believe that you know employees need to be informed and aligned, and it's really the foundation for an organization. But the pain is with the communicator. So we made some shifts there, and and you know part of the way to get there is saying, you know, why do we get to be in this business? Um, what do and what do we want? What do we want this business to be? How? What's our outcome that we want? Because otherwise, if you don't put your north star out there, you never you don't know where to go. The other side of it is, you know, really thinking about, okay, well, we're headed this way. What's our strategy? But what are all the details that roll up into that strategy? And really articulate those and delegate ownership to your team. Um, and then, you know, just be bullish and choose what, you know, measure relentlessly and then assess and be honest with yourself. This didn't work or it could work if we had X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, you have to think about scaling. And that's that's why that foundational work is so important as startup is you sort of have to get that get that direction right and then go. Um, and then, you know, in terms of just processes, um, <clears throat> I tend to be, you know, pretty strict about documentation and about, um, uh, you know, every week we look at metrics, every month we look at metrics, every quarter we look at metrics, we report metrics, because the more you force people to be 
honest about their performance, the better they'll get and the better trained they'll get. And, you know, I I have some junior people on my team and they ask me about, well, you know, what can I do to get promoted or improve? And I said, know the data and be able to report it, write well and tell a good story, (laughs) you know? And so that's a lot of, um, so a lot of the process is establishing the foundation as well as how we operate as a team, what my expectations are. Oh, very great answer. Very detailed too. Love it. So detail. <laughs> how does, um, for a company of your size, how does technology play a role now? So you, you've mentioned scale a lot. So what, what does your stack look like? What are you investing in and mm-hmm. what, what kind of tools and software are helping you guys get the job done? Well, we have, you know, kind of the basic, bits are are fairly typical Salesforce Marketo, right? Um, But we are, um, and you probably know this, um, I ran marketing at six cents about three years ago, four years ago, and we are actually now a customer of six cents. So we are using predictive technology. We just rolled this out recently and our sales team is super excited about it because they see that um, when they look at what what a customer is doing from Marketo, they only see one piece of it. They know that there's more to it and they don't often know when a customer is in market to buy. And we're starting to see um, some interesting data they would never have seen otherwise. Um, so it's really exciting um, having been on the side of the, launching that company to now being a customer and using it in practice. We use Hootsuite, we use Instapages to spin up um, different types of landing pages so we can A-B test them. Um, you know, Marketo is not, the landing pages are a little tricky sometimes, and we don't always have the people on board to change code, so forth. Um, but we also use, um, you know, we're also looking at, um, when we do analysis, we're looking at um, a few tools um, uh, that look at the sales cadence. Um, so when do you set, a, when you set a, the, your next meeting has everything to do with whether or not you may get that account. Um, and the, and how long, I mean, it seems obvious because you're like, oh, you should talk to them in the next two weeks. Well, when you're working with companies that have a hundred thousand employees, not so possible. So we've done a lot of studies of the right sales motion. Um, so that's pretty interesting stuff. Um, the, the other, um, side of it too is, um, Tableau, which is not typically used by marketers, but analyzing, um, you know, kind of some of the patterns that we see on the sales side um, and how that relates to what we're doing on the marketing side. So we're just getting into some of that. I personally love technology. I've spent my entire career in technology. And I think if things were different when I were young, I might be doing something else, probably still some level of marketing, but super um, interested in trying new things. So um, as you grow, what are you being held accountable for? And then what are you holding your team accountable for? Yeah. So for me personally, um, when I joined Social Chorus, um, they had had different people in marketing, but they really had it for a long time, had a marketing leader. Um, and the reason why I joined is I loved the problem we were solving. It seemed so simple. And yet there was so much opportunity to, you know, educate our customers and really make them heroes, make those communicators heroes. Cause they're the people who used to write press releases and send them out. Like nobody, he didn't have the love and I just, I, I love education is something I'm really passionate about. And so this was one way to do it at work. Um, what I'm being held accountable for is, um, our perception. I mean, I'm not the only one, obviously there are many players here at this company, but, um, 
how the market thinks about us, how we're able to differentiate, and frankly, how marketing, if you're investing in marketing, can move sales. Um, you know, at, at, and we're in a world where sales cycles are quite long, but what can we do to shorten those? And we've already come up with some, um, you know, we've changed our first deck um, to eliminate one extra meeting they used to have. So we're making small changes, and then I need to tell the team, how do we do? You know, how, how and, and, and show them, since not everybody's a, everybody know, thinks they know marketing, but, you know, and I'm not criticizing this company, but everyone's sort of an armchair marketer. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And I love ideas, but frankly, they don't always know what it takes to get from point A to point B, and I do. <laughs> not everything, but a lot. And so you have to spend some time educating them. Why do we, why do we have this outcome? What didn't work? What worked? What was the one or two? What were the one or two things that we did right, and where we should, should we go next? So that they depend on me to, to sort of guide them in terms of our perception in in, in the market or how people perceive us in the market and um, the outcomes that support our sales team. In terms of my own team, um, and I've said this earlier, um, you know, I feel what I want for them is to think critically, to be curious. Um, to never accept, um, you know, to get things done, but to know that we can always improve. Um, that's just, that's so important to me to be honest with ourselves about what we're good at, what we're not good at. You know, if you're in demand gen and you're not great at marketing operations, let's find someone who is to support you. If you're great at marketing operations and you can't write an email to save your life, we fix that. So just being really honest and knowing that the bar is high. Love that. Um, gosh, Allison, it's just so easy to see why you're so successful. Loved, loved the interview. Great, great answers. <laughs> we are out of time for today, but we might have to bring you back again for, for part two. I okay. would love to. And yeah, I, anytime, like, you know, I'm happy to do it. We could to get creative. We could have a, a discussion. We have one other person. What do you think about that? Oh, I like that. Yeah. You just quit your, your, your flow here. but <laughs> well, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm uh, all for thinking outside the box. Why not? So, uh, <laughs> so um, but thank you again for being on the show today. And uh, we will definitely talk soon. Great. Thank you so much, Jeff, for the invitation. You bet. Okay. Take care.